the inspiration of countless horror films. Only two killed. And a belt made of human nipples. Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm Helen. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Coffee, Coffee on Death, Death Row. Row. Today's subject is the famous and horrific Ed Gein. Okay, boys, so this episode is going to be a little rough. Yep. It's not too bad. I feel like uh, our Richard Chase one was a lot worse. But there's definitely things in here you don't want kids to hear. So keep that in mind while we continue to talk about this and you enjoy the episode. We keep it as light as we can. Ed Gein was born August 27, 1906 in Plainfield, Wisconsin. His family consisted of his older brother, Henry, an alcoholic father, ding 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 serial killer bingo right there, and a verbally abusive mother named Augusta. Augusta hated her alcoholic husband a lot, but refused to get a divorce because she was extremely religious and believed that it was a sinful act to get a divorce. The family moved to a remote farm away from the town, which was Augusta's idea. She didn't want the outside world tainting her children. She read mostly violent lines from the Old Testament and preached that all women, even herself, were pawns for Satan. Gain was constantly berated in school because of his strange beliefs, and his teachers reported disturbing behavior from him, such as suddenly bursting into fits of hysterical laughter. After their father died of a heart attack in 1944, the boys began to do odd jobs around town. They were eventually accepted by the townsfolk and were described as kind, trusted, and hardworking. Ed often babysat for people, which he enjoyed greatly. His older brother's resentment for their mother grew with every day while Ed seemed to be fascinated by her, loving and idolizing her dearly. I hate the fact how Ed was like really good at babysitting and everybody trusted him as babysitting. Like He never did anything to kids in the end, mm -hmm. but at the same time, knowing what he does end up doing... I feel like, wow, that person was around my kid. Yeah. The same year their father died, Henry died on a fire on the farm. No one knows how the fire was started. Ed, that day, reported his brother missing and helped the police search their property. He promptly led them straight to his brother's charred body near the fire. His head clearly had trauma to it, but his death was reported as an accident despite the mysterious circumstances. Let's have a big rip in the chat for Henry Gein, because he was relatively sane given the circumstance, and he just wanted to protect his brother from their crazy mom, and he was killed by said little brother. Like, that's rough. Ed lived alone with his mother afterwards, which he greatly enjoyed. He very rarely left their farm except to work. His mother died only a year later, though, after a series of strokes. He became a hermit and preserved the rooms of a house she would often visit by boarding up the entrances and windows. This made people very uneasy, because it wasn't a secret that Ed pretty much worshipped his mom. Gain was known as the weirdo in his little country town, so when Bernice Warden went missing in 1957, Gain was the first person the police went to. He had been seen with her before her disappearance, which gave them a small lead. They found her body at his farm once they arrived. Warden had been shot fatally, decapitated, hung up, gutted, and halfway butchered. They also found the head of Mary Hogan, who went missing three years earlier. Both women had looked like his mother. Well, mommy issues much? <laughs> Ed Gein only killed two women and possibly his older brother. So why are we covering him in a podcast about the most intense and terrible serial killers? 
Well, he was a grave robber, and he loved to collect human remains. Edgeen liked to use the th things he collected. A few of the things that were found in his house include chairs upholstered with human skin, bowls made from human skulls, a corset made out of woman's skin, leggings made out of woman's skin, masks made from women's faces, a belt of human nipples, and a lampshade of human faces. This is only a small amount. There's a big amount of things we couldn't list here because it's just too vulgar to include in this podcast. So feel free to check it out yourself. So, don't get me wrong, like, skinning a person and making their, like, flesh into things like lampshades and belts and whatever else is disgusting and super weird, but also it's disgusting and super weird because we do that all the time with, like, different types of leather from different types of animals, which is, like, normal, but now that I think about it, like, really creepy because we're literally just walking around with, like, belts made out of like a skinned cow like how horrible is that yeah flesh belts yeah i'm not into that <laughs> as bad as all the fleshy things are that edgeen had in his house there are some weird things people have done with their own skin willingly after they die i know one man had written a manuscript of his whole entire life and once he died he had it bound in his own dried flesh Okay, but what That's a narcissist. Like, <laughs> can you imagine sitting there writing your whole life and then being like, okay, guys, now put it on my skin after I die. Where's it at? Um, Who has it? I Who think would it's, want it? I know. That's my question. I think it's in, like, a museum museum of really, like, gruesome, screwed up things, but I'm not certain. Yeah, yeah, we should go there. <laughs> we would dig it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, a weird question, but... How would you guys want to go out? Because, like, he... So, Ed Gein, he would go to cemeteries. He'd dig out people, right? Yeah. And obviously, he couldn't do that with people that were, like, cremated, which wasn't, like, a huge thing to do back then, like, be cremated. So, whatever. What, like, since since time has changed, what do you guys... What do you guys want to do to your body? There's a lot of cool stuff you can do to your body mm -hmm. nowadays. Uh, this hasn't been done on humans yet, but you can dry freeze your pets, and they'll be like perfectly preserved, like you do with apple, like apple slices. You can dry freeze those. <laughs> apple and slices. That's what I mean. That's what I think yeah, of. The dehydrated know? fruit, sort of. Yeah. That, okay. But they so, have uh, them where they don't wrinkle up. They so like. It's like a mummy, basically. Yeah, you can mummify one of your pets, and they look like normal. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> like taxidermy their pets. Yeah, but there's you also... just keep them on a shelf? Like, what? Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel weird. Kind of <laughs> reminds me of Coraline. If you've I ever watched exactly yeah. what you're talking about. If you ever watch that movie, there's these two old ladies, and they have a bunch of, like, little dogs, and they taxidermy the dogs and put them in little angel outfits, and they have, like, a shelf dedicated to their dogs. Yeah. yeah. Mm -mm, no, uncomfortable. No. So, back to Taylor's question. What do y'all want to do when you die? I want to donate my body to science. That's smart. That's wise. Nobody yeah. can dig me up that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think I'd probably... Well, both of my choices involve being cremated, so I guess cremated, but I'd either want to be pressed and turned into a tree, have a tree grow from my ashes, or be sent up in a firework. That's also <laughs> really gross, though. Eccentric. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you? Okay. Was your, yours was the apple oh, slice no. thing, or <laughs> no? Okay. So y'all know 
Okay, it's, you can't taxidermy someone. It's not illegal, but no one's going <laughs> to willingly do that. I feel like there's someone out there who would be okay with it. Maybe. You got to find the right person. You need a Norman yeah. Bates type. Yeah, yeah. I, need, I need to find me my own Ed Gein. But <laughs> as much as I love doing that, uh, the other alternative is like, you know when you go to a museum and they have like uh, dinosaur bones all strung up in the order they'd be? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do, but with my bones. And I want to be like in a goofy pose. I could not. What, like, where would you be hung? I don't know. I guess I'd have my own little like box. And it have like one class uh, viewing window or something. <laughs> you could be put up as a Halloween decoration. Yeah. <laughs> or like in the science classroom, you know how they have like those plastic skeletons. Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. I could be in like some ex- eccentric friend's mansion. That'd be cool. Like yeah. I'm the door greeter. <laughs> like he puts a little oh hat God. on me. Yeah. A little but, hat. Yeah, a little hat, a little bone hat for a little skeleton boy. That'd be great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ed admitted to wanting to become his mother. Since he saw her as such a good person, the world just couldn't continue without her. He made a suit out of female flesh which was listed earlier, and would walk around the house and farm late into the night dressed in his horrific outfit. These things inspired countless characters in movies and books, with the most notable being Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, Norman Bates from Psycho, and Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Though he confessed, he said he wasn't guilty by reason of insanity. In 1957, the year his habits were discovered, he was deemed unfit for trial and sent to a psychiatric ward. A decade later, it was decided that he was not only fit for trial, but to be his own defense attorney. He was found guilty of only one murder, but was seen as mentally unstable at the time, and returned to the psychiatric institute where he died on July 26, 1984. No time in prison at all. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, good riddance.